1: Welcome to the Danny Klink Scale, Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Insightful and witty commentary, probing interviews, and detours from the beaten path.
2: Welcome to Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday presented by Cinematic Visions and another edition of Reconcilable Differences with Danny and Jane. It's our couple's look at the world from our worldview. And this time around, I felt like we should combine two things. Have one segment about the challenges and really incredibly compelling things that are going on in our world now and how we choose and chose to approach it and look forward to hopefully in the not too distant future being back to some form of normalcy which we don't have now and how we will treat it during the interim and then in the other part provide a little entertainment because we need balance in our lives right now. We can't be totally consumed with all the things that our challenges in our lives, and things that we miss, and things that we have to give up, and things that we have to sacrifice, because there still is a lot of joy in the world and fun, and I have no better partner in a podcast to talk about voices than my wife Jane Siemens, an accomplished opera singer, highly trained opera singer. Uh, She runs her own business now and does not sing as a profession, but did for a long, long time, and still has some really great thoughts about the world of music and enjoys all brands of music, so I wanted to visit with her about some recent documentaries we or she have seen about pretty famous singers through the years, and why she embraces voices of all kinds, even ones that are not even close to maybe even good, but or certainly not classically trained. So a little primer from a couple on how we're handling our lives under these terrible constraints we're under right now, and then a little bit of levity as well and entertainment, all wrapped up into one on our Reconcilable Differences. It's a series that we're going to be doing. This is the second one, and we'll probably start to ramp up and do more of them and certainly have a lot of topics to visit as far as that is concerned. It's all next on Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday, presented by Cinematic Visions, right here. Cinematic Visions has been an affordable solution for professional media production in Kansas City since 2003 offering award-winning video production and creation, as well as a wide array of digital and social media management services. From planning, scripting, filming, editing, and post-production to delivering your product to a watching world, Cinematic Visions will provide professional and affordable services for you and your business with the necessary return on investment to make it all worthwhile. Cinematic Visions' goal is to unlock the power of storytelling through video and a strong online presence for your company. Beyond the numbers, they want to inspire and evoke your clients to feel and act let my friends at cinematic visions embed your brand where it belongs in your customers minds you can find them online at cinematicvisions.com or with a quick phone call at 816-600-6300 My friends at Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture are among the most accomplished and trusted clinics in the nation. Only one clinic has been rated in the top five in all three categories of chiropractic care, acupuncture, and rehabilitation, and that clinic is ASFCA. They have locations in Olathe, Overland Park, Prairie Village, Belton, and Lee Summit. Doctors Brad and Christina Woodle and their accomplished team of doctors and therapists will treat you like family for the simplest of injuries to the most complicated conditions to avoid surgery. Whether you are seeking treatment for an injury or just looking to stay healthy and fit, this is the place for you. And it's been the place for me for almost two years now. I have been a strenuous daily exerciser for years, and as time goes on, that takes its toll. But regular appointments at Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture have helped keep me ticking on, and even as the years pile up, their regular care has allowed me to keep to my regimen and feel great. If you want to feel the same, give them a call or visit them at asfca.com Danny. They accept all insurances and are open Monday through Saturday. And make sure to mention that Danny Klinkscale recommended Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and acupuncture. Are you thinking of starting a new business? Does your current business feel stuck? Or are you just trying to grow what you already have? Running a business is a lot of work, and it takes the right team to make it all happen. If you're looking to grow your business, call my friends Ben and Greg over at Fuego Consulting. They put together a company that can help you reach your business goals. Whether you're looking to get online, build a social media strategy, or rebrand your business, they can help. Call Fuego at 816-663-9695 or visit them online at FuegoConsulting.com. Fuego Consulting, let's grow your business together.
1: If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at dannyklinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you.
2: Welcome back to Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday, presented by Cinematic Visions, and another edition of our recurring series, which we will be ramping up in episodes, which is Reconcilable Differences, Danny and Jane's look at life, and uh, Arts and Lifestyle is the Wednesday that we do these podcasts, and both our arts and our lifestyle certainly have been incredibly impacted by the coronavirus and CD19, and our... Theaters, our restaurants, are shuttered, basically, are on the way to being such. We can't go to the movies. And I guess we can start with the reconcilable differences aspect of our discussions with the fact that voluntarily on Sunday, you were the one who decided that we shouldn't go to the movies. We were going to go see Emma, and we usually go to the Glenwood Arts Theater. There are quite a few elderly people, usually, who go to the movies that we see there, And when we were texting back and forth, uh, I said, uh, well, I'll go. It's up to you. And you decided we need to be responsible. We need to look out for others. I, in general, am a more laissez-faire person than you are. But just describe, as you went through that Sunday, I wasn't around. I was somewhere else, what your thought process was and why you voluntarily, a few days ahead of when government officials did it, decided on your own that we shouldn't go to the theater.
1: Well, you know, I have friends all over Europe, and I was hearing reports through Italy, the Netherlands, the UK, and Spain on what was happening in even tighter quarters, obviously, than Kansas City if people didn't adhere to staying in their homes and how fast this uh, epidemic, this pandemic is taking place in those areas and... Once you have one case in this area, to me, that was a calling card for us all to shutter in. But there were multiple cases already on the weekend, and we don't know if we could be carriers. That's the biggest problem with this whole thing is people who don't feel ill, they think they should be able to go anywhere, go to the restaurant, go to the movies. But all of a sudden, I'm like, what would happen if I actually knew that I was a carrier and I gave this to one elderly person and they died because of that, because they had underlying health issues. And so what the city, what the state is doing now is so important. And I just all of a sudden went, you know what? We can watch a zillion movies at home. Why not?
2: Well, people who are married, people who are in relationships, people who have children, well, they better like their spouse and their offspring and their siblings or whatever because they're going to be spending a lot more time with them and around them and not in areas of activity like going to soccer games or you know going to all these athletic events or dance recitals or things of that nature. And people are going to find new and different things uh, to do. And the easy thing to say is that it can be a positive, and then she'll be able to bond and get to know people better and spend more time and more quality time with others. But it's an incredible adjustment for people who are sports fans, for people who love to go to the theater, for people who are incredibly active. I mean, most people, uh, Americans' lives are really busy, and I think they they complain about it, and they talk about being soccer moms, or they talk about all these activities they have to do and, and truck and bus their people around. But in the end they probably will they probably like it even though they complain about it and they're gonna
1: miss it. You know, it's I think it's a blessing in disguise in an odd way. I think we are a very wound up society and the expectations, especially for young kids today, is unbelievable and parents have to sort of follow suit because we are such a competitive society and maybe in the end sometimes life and in this case, global situations like this really make us step back and start considering, be more considerate of each other and thinking the simpler things may not be so bad. And so maybe we're going to wake up and say, oh, I didn't really know you. Who is that person on my couch? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we are going to make this po- podcast, as I said in the open, a combination of the serious and the things we should take seriously and be very attentive to, but also the outlet of, and we'll do that in our second segment and talk about voice as something you were expert in, but on a day-to-day basis, we're already seeing the effects. You used store food delivery yesterday, which we'd never done. I don't know if you were completely excited by the way it went, but uh, all these things, and, and people do tend to to overreact. But I spoke to the delivery person when he came and he said, it's just crazy. It's been crazy for him. Good crazy because he gets a lot of business and gets to make a lot of deliveries, but bad crazy for him because he's constantly on the phone with his customers because the stores are all out of a bunch of things. And I know you got doubled on one item and maybe didn't get something that uh, you were looking for. We're going to see a lot of this type of thing.
1: Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, I thought this was going to be like a no-brainer, no work for me. I must have texted back and forth with him 20 to 30 times because everything I'd ordered, he had to find another option for, like no jumbo Haas avocados, you know, so what are you going to do about that? But in the end, I got double milk and double eggs, so I'm doing a little sharing with the family today. But that's okay, you know, I figured... You know what, usually I might be sort of annoyed at the whole process, but in the end, the poor guy was trying really hard to help me find stuff, and that's why he kept communicating with me. So I think that's what's been interesting. Even in the last few days, people are being so much more considerate of each other. I've been on phones. I have clients calling me instead of us um Emailing or texting because we cannot see each other face to face, and I don't care what anyone says, we are doing a lot of virtual meetings with our business now, but there's nothing like being face to face, so it's a good thing. And I wanted to mention, not so I don't forget it, as far as the movies go since Sunday, since I wouldn't let us go, um, both Comcast, NBC, Universal, and AMC are opening up their um, the movies that they actually have in theaters now so we can watch them online because they're losing business that way. So they're pivoting. I think pivoting is what this is all about.
2: The 10th ranked movie in box office receipts this past weekend, barely scraped over a million dollars in box office receipts. And obviously now we're going to see virtually nothing because all across the country, uh, uh, movie theaters are being closed, period. And I do think That, and this is a completely side tangent, but last night we were watching part of All the President's Men, one of the greatest films ever made in my estimation, and while it's all well and good that you sit in your home and we do have big screen televisions and all that, you really do lose something not being in a movie theater. A movie like All the President's Men has so much of use of bright and dark, and when you're sitting in a dark movie theater, the jarring aspect of a a typewriter key— old timey typewriter key slamming against a white piece of paper that blurs up into the screen in a dark theater has much more impact than when you're sitting in your living room. So we do lose something from that, but that we're seeing a lot of things by companies that they're doing. The paywalls for uh, online newspapers are being dropped. Kansas City Star has done that, other uh, Boston Globe has done it, I've seen that. So. We are seeing companies being magnanimous. They want to be seen in a certain way, but also they have to find creative ways to make money.
1: Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, and um, well, speaking of all the president's men, I mean, that is, that's, you made me think about this because we talked about it last night. I called what we say in uh, the classical world of music, what a leitmotif is. In that particular uh, movie, they use sound. The sound in that movie had its own character. They created a character out of the sound. And there's nothing more exciting to see a movie like that in a, in a large theater. So what, we, what do we do here in, in, in our house? I turn the lights down. So we do, do everything we can to create a movie atmosphere. And so that's we're going to have to be really creative in our own homes and come up with really unique ways to stay active and stay creative and, and have fun with our families. Remember Canasta? Canasta when's the last time anyone played a card game with their family or Monopoly? I know there's a new version since I last played, but I think that's what this is about.
2: I think that we will be seeing a lot of that. We've talked for years about playing cards and we've never really, I think we did it once maybe, but uh, we probably will get to, to, to that as, as time goes on. And I guess I would recommend if people are going to consume entertainment on their television to do, to watch programs that really don't require a cinematic experience, uh, and there's so many of those. I mean, if you go watch Shits Creek or something, it's funny, and you, know, you don't really need a gigantic movie theater screen or something like that, comedies, but that's a, a side thing. As I sit here right now, you know, you have this hope that a month from now, life is going to be more normal, and it seems more and more that that's really just a hope baseball just moved Uh, Opening day, I had now two more weeks. That's the middle of May. I can't imagine that life isn't going to be any more normal, any more normal till at least June.
1: Well, and guess what? Did you see, hear this, Danny? They just canceled the Kentucky Derby this right, morning. Right, or
2: moved it. They postponed it.
1: Oh, they postponed it. Sorry, to, sorry. To September. Till September, which is huge. I mean, that is that just tells you, and we heard nationally, it could be July or August. I think the warmer the weather gets, the the more likely that this virus is going to dissipate more just because of the heat. We should really all fly to Mexico because that's probably the safest place in the world right now. The warmer, the better. Um, you know, I just think the fun thing about this is, is like yesterday... This sounds really silly, but I took time to take a bath. I'm trying to do things that calm me down in the most unbelievable environment where the stress is so palpable. I think if I could share with anyone looking at ways, yoga, working in your garden, taking a walk with your dog, I even heard Dr. Phil talking about this yesterday. And I think we're all going to have to start really consciously tuning out And realizing that we, most of us are going to survive this. Yes, there's going to be some real scary moments. Uh, We know this. But in the end, what are the things we can do as a family that are really fun in this circumstance?
2: Well, we call this reconcilable differences because we're different people and we can reconcile those things. And we've been together for over 20 years now. But yesterday, my older daughter, i uh, this really hits home to me because my oldest daughter lives in the San Francisco area. And my younger daughter lives in, and your stepdaughters live in New York City, or she lives in Brooklyn, to be precise. And my older daughter really has a sense of our relationship, I think, because she was very concerned about me. She knows what I'm like. And she knows that, uh, she said, well, you know that ordinarily I. You know, James probably takes things a little over the top, and you take things a little under the radar. He says you need more—you need more of more from her now, and less of you. And I think that was a real good lesson for me to hear because she's concerned about me. I am in an age group that's under—is more capable of doing it. I have had cancer; my immune system has been compromised. I'm fine now, but uh, I would be in a category of that. and Sometimes I I don't take things seriously enough and I think having a partner and a spouse who in my mind sometimes probably overreacts in these situations is probably a good thing. And if you have an overreactor in your life right now, it's probably good to listen to that person.
1: Well, and thank you, Danny. <laughs> thank you for that wonderful description. You know, I am an opera singer, you know, so we tend to be more on the dramatic side anyway, just the way I was born. So really? unfortunately you'll have to you know you've gotta deal with it you know, interestingly enough, I don't know if she told you this, but now San Francisco and the San Jose area, they're on complete lockdown. They can't go out of their houses. So, you know, we're in a way a little luckier. We're more spread out here in the Midwest, but, uh, you know, hearts go out to everyone on the West and East Coast.
2: Yes, absolutely. And uh, my older daughter is working remotely from home. My younger daughter works, who's in acting school now, works in at Starbucks and she still can work because they are doing takeout nobody can go there they put the tables away you can walk into the Starbucks and get your order you don't just have to drive through or whatever uh, but she can't stay there so she is still working and I was that was a a real relief yesterday when I talked to her because uh, obviously it's a very expensive place to live but but to wrap this up for now and I'm sure we'll be doing this again that's the part that is the really the hardest right now I can I can work, I can operate my business, you can work, you can operate your business, but many people are going to lose their work. Now, this is going to be an incredible financial hardship, and unfortunately, in typical fashion, it's the people who are living more paycheck to paycheck, and their lives are not as easy. They don't have savings to fall back on. That's going to be the, the hardest thing right here, and that's the, why it's so important maybe even that we're doing this because maybe we get to the other end a little bit quicker so that these people aren't so affected so dramatically, but it's going to be, it's going to hurt for a while for many, many people.
1: Absolutely. So everyone make sure to, you know, do takeout and delivery from these uh, restaurants and bars that are hurting because they've had to close down. So let's all think of, uh, you know, the people on the other side who are really dealing with that this, this week.
2: Coming up next, we'll provide a little entertainment. That's what we like to do here, too. Well, we hope that that was entertaining and informative as well, but uh, we're going to talk about voices. No better person to talk to than an accomplished op- opera singer like my lovely wife and overreactor and dramatist Jane Siemens. <laughs> That's coming up next. We're going to talk about some recent documentary movies and voices in general right here on Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday and Reconcilable Differences at the Danny Klinkscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast.
1: More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent Podcast after this.
2: We're visiting with Larry Marshall, former Chiefs defensive back and punt returner and now a Chiefs ambassador. Larry is a former pro football player with the aches and pains that come with that. And moving on in age as we all are... What do the Canaway CBD products do for you?
3: It's been a great relief for me being a uh, punt and kickoff returner. Collisions were a uh, mainstay of my career, and these uh, Canaway
2: products, the salve especially, has really helped me try to get through every day with the aches and pains that I've had over a career of uh, seven-plus years in the NFL. I get similar benefits as well, particularly with my back. Certainly wasn't a football player. What's the best way for our listeners to get more information about the great products themselves? Well, I'm so enthused about it, Dana. They just
3: contacted me at Com, and I can give them all the information they need to uh, help them get through the day as well.
2: Start gaining all the benefits that Larry and I do from the trusted and reliable line of Canaway products. As Larry said, visit Com and get information on all the great products from Canaway.
1: For many people, a family law case will be one of the most difficult experiences in their life. The law firm of Kenneth McRae will help you through it. Personal and effective help from Ken in concert with you will develop a unique strategy for your unique case. As Ken always says, divorce can be civil law, not civil war. Licensed in Kansas? Visit McRaeLawOffice.com or call 972-4765.
3: Hey guys, it's Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, and Matt Llewellyn from the 23rd Street Brewery. Matt, I've got a bunch of buddies coming over to watch the big game, and I need some ideas on what to cook. Hey, let me handle it, Brian. You're going to come over and cook for us? For you, maybe. But you should just let 23rd Street Brewery cater it. We could bring a big pan of Bill Self mac and cheese, wings, veggies, naked nachos, and anything else you might want. Great. Well, you want to stick around and watch the game? No, I've got to get back to the brewery and watch it on the big screen. The place to get great catering and watch all the games, the 23rd Street
2: Brewery in Lawrence. We're here with Joe Spiker, the president of Easton Roofing. And Joe, you worked for other companies in the construction industry. What inspired you to start your own company in Eastern Roofing?
3: Well, you know, Danny, when you are working for somebody else, you oftentimes don't get to see the project through from beginning to end, and you don't get the final control over the customer experience. And I wanted to build a place where people can come and get work done on their house and not have to worry about being treated the wrong way and get a good customer service experience start to finish.
2: The company slogan is, where integrity matters. Why is that so particularly important to you?
3: Well, for us, what that means is treating each other with respect at work, treating our clients with respect, and making the right choice, especially when no one's looking. So when you're presented all the time as a contractor with choices that have to be made Are you going to make more money on this if you cut a corner? And we just wanted to make a place and a slogan that said to our people and to whoever is our customer, we're not going to do that. We're going to make the
2: right choice, regardless of profit. Easton Roofing, where integrity matters. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at DannyClinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Reconcilable Differences at the Danny Klink Scale Reasonably Irreverent podcast in our Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday, presented by Cinematic Visions. And cinematically, we have experienced, and you've experienced even more, some documentaries and movies about voices. But let's start to where we most recently visited, which was the documentary about the band and Robbie Robertson called Once We're Brothers and it brings up a couple of thoughts to me you're an opera singer an accomplished one you just went to europe to sing again Uh, you were trained at uh, the highest levels of uh, opera in school and everything else and and you take voice seriously but you also have an appreciation for non-standard voices to say the least and the band became famous as bob dylan's backup band you're a big fan of bob dylan we have several books and box sets and everything else when those things were cool, and Bob Dylan is you know, routinely considered maybe one of the worst singers, technically, <laughs> of a famous musician that there is and is oft imitated in his nasal sound and everything else, which has probably only become more pronounced over time. What is it about different kinds of sounds and singers, and we watched the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band last uh, night, uh, concert by them, that you can appreciate as somebody who's trained for perfection, as it were,
1: you know um, that's a good question. I have because I have a number of opera singer friends who all they think about it and live and breathe is classical music. That's yeah, they, the they, last they like, thing like
2: they never even have heard of famous people that we know.
1: Oh yeah, Joe Cocker probably wouldn't even register to them. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think part of it is is I grew up with a sister who was six years older than me, and at the time, you know. All these great bands were coming out. And uh, so maybe I was influenced by that. And I love all kinds of music. And there's something about, I think, the honesty with someone like Bob Dylan or the band. they the truth behind the words. And honestly, that is what opera singers are supposed to be doing with an aria or when they're singing art song or an opera is is singing the truth behind the words only with a trained voice. So maybe part of it as I go, wow, you know, as artists, when Bob speaks and he's speaking through his music, he's really speaking through his poetry through music. And I'm just, I find myself quite affected. In fact, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. You know, certain artists that they transcend whether their voice, whether they have a voice or not. And I think that's what Bob does for, obviously millions of people and the band you know what a unique what a unique story there uh you have Robbie who who came down from Canada and really just soaked in Levon Helms lifestyle in the deep south and the storytelling that comes with the amazing deep south only that they can Generate, but somehow Robbie was able to um, repurpose this and really help create a band that now has become legend. There's a lot of sadness behind their actual true story, but the truth behind the music and the words that they're speaking about speaks to everyone. Some I be if I were anyone, even my stepdaughters who are in their twenties, if they're listening to that music now, I think it's poignant stuff.
2: And. That being said, there is no bigger critic of national anthem singers than you because they are trying really to do something that is sort of kind of entering your world. They're not, you know, they they the national anthem is a hard song to sing. You've sung it in public many times. Uh, it's it's not an easy song to conquer. There's highs, there's lows. It's 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 an odd song anyway. And I have sat with you with Twitter in front of me on multiple occasions where at the Super Bowl or some big event, somebody is singing and Twitter is all a flutter about how this song is being sung, and you are just giving it a double-barreled thumbs down.
1: <laughs> you know what? That's a tough one because, you know, all different singers, you know, country, classical, you know, you know bands. You know somebody from you know the army might come out and sing. And They have this glorious voice. You never know who's going to come out and really do it well. I think we've lost ourselves. My, my biggest concern and what I like the least is when, say, a country artist or you know, um, you know, uh, jazz artist might come out and sing it, and they do all these different you know pyrotechnics for a song that actually, if it's sung really well. This is what I love about great artists. They know that just keeping to the to the um, actual what's written on the page, and if they can pull it off the way it really was written on the page, no matter what genre they're in, to me, that is a great artist. You don't need a lot of pyrotechniques to be a great artist.
2: Right. And you have seen two documentaries that I have not seen, and one of those is uh, David Crosby's, uh, the documentary about him, a self-admitted, very difficult person, routinely refers to himself as an asshole. And uh, what was that film like? And, and he is more, as troubled as his life has been, he is known for his harmonics and his more angelic, the angelic qualities of his voice in, in concert with other artists, and more than his own singing by himself. Uh, just talk a little bit about his voice, his personality, and that film that you saw.
1: You know, as oddly enough, of all the pop artists that I have run across, he reminds me so much of a lot of opera singers that I knew. The kind of personalities they had in the professional international opera stage, because he just stands back there, and the good news is he knows what he's got. And so it just and he's been this way since he was young. You could see it on him. Maybe that's why I was drawn to him. I had a terrible crush on him, by the way. So I that, <laughs> full 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 disclosure. Now that's another thing. But he still got this look about him, like he knows what he's doing. Here I am. I'm the best. And you kind of have to be that way in opera. Now it's different when it's more like what they were doing, which is, you know, more folk pop at the time. Um, you know, I give him that, that he, he had a gift and he, he was in the right place at the right time with the right people. And he knows how to create great music. In fact, the amazing thing is his voice still sound fa- sounds fantastic. So he's done something to keep that voice up, or it's just a God-given gift because he still sounds fabulous. He doesn't sound his age. He still is an asshole, and he knows it. <laughs> but you know what? You know, I give him credit for at least coming out and, and saying, hey, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I don't think he's going to be able to shore up most of those mistakes.
2: Right. I mean, most of his old friends or bandmates seldom, if ever, talk to him.
1: Yeah, it's really, really, really sad, you know, it's really, really sad. But you know, that there's no question that drugs were what you and he's and he admits it, you know, the drug thing really wrecked him and I'm not sure it's ever he's ever been back to who he was before uh the major drug and then his drug bust. I mean, the the film goes all into that and I kind of forgot what that what transpired and you know, brain cells may have been damaged for life.
2: <laughs> That's true. And the band obviously had their issues with that, uh, too, and oh. their, their run was fairly long for a, a popular band, almost maybe 10 years, but that they never performed after 1976. So uh, similar, that, that, that was just part of the deal then. And coming out of that era a little bit later was Linda Ronstadt and the documentary about her, My Voice, uh, you saw as well. I have not seen it. And there's somebody who had a great voice, had a great talent, had a great presence, worked in an environment that was male-dominated but was strong and forthright and eventually adapted to do a variety of different things and then lost her voice. I mean, uh, what an arc of uh, incredible story Linda Ronstadt is.
1: Yeah, that was uh, really, really great to see and what was really even more amazing is to to hear from the people that worked with her for so many years, like Emmylou Harris. I mean, that was, you know, you know, gut wrenching when she talks about, you know, what a great friend Linda had become in her life and how they love singing, producing albums together. And then to, you know, you know, opera singers, when they lose their voice when they're healthy, once they've had a long career, there's, they talk about a death and actually going through a grieving period. And I, I think Emmy Lou has gone through a grieving period over Lin, the loss of Linda Ronstad's voice, because as musicians, that's how we relate to each other and, and give back to each other. And there's, there's a camaraderie that nobody quite understands unless you're working together in ensemble like that. So that, that, I mean, I was really choked up and, but Linda did an amazing thing. I mean, she was able to cross genre, uh, which really kept her vibrant and had so many different types of audiences. And the fact that she's still out there speaking for herself and able to communicate, you know, what it meant to her to have this amazing career, it's really worth really worth watching. Now, she stepped over the curve a little bit when she got into the Gilbert and Sullivan stuff. I think she might have gone too far there. Um, she's not an opera singer, but she has a great high... High voice, what we call um, a head voice, which is the same to, as Joan Baez, which we were talking about last right. night. These freaky high head tone voices, but they aren't—they don't have really big, big voices to sing off mic like we opera singers do.
2: Right, and another person who's a favorite of yours from, from way back and. In- I don't I I don't think the sound of music can come on without you watching it is Julie Andrews who also lost her voice. And uh, that's something that uh, and and she has adapted her world into doing voiceover stuff and things like that. And uh, those are always sad stories. Uh, But it's maybe resonates more with you because opera is such a technically difficult thing to do, particularly soprano work, that sooner or later it's going to happen. And basically somebody has to tell that famous person or they have to have the self-realization, which they often don't, that your time has passed as a singer. Find something else to do. And, and Julie Andrews did that.
1: Well, that was, uh, wow, that's a tough one. I have friends who've worked with her. And obviously when you're a kid in our era, she was the the sort of lightning bolt that hit me when I was really young that, hey, I want to do that. I can do that. She just she made I think she made a lot of youngsters feel that they had, you know, they had a right to go and give it a shot and uh, she didn't have a huge voice, but it was so clear, so crystal clear and bell-like that she'd have have to go through a polyp surgery to lose that lovely instrument is uh is is really really sad, but you know, she's quite a um You know, given her history when she was a young child, you get a better feeling of what a fighter she really is. She's also quite sexy. Yes, I heard. I if you watch her early interviews, you know, people always think schoolmarm because of the kind of
2: role she played.
1: Role she played. That woman had some amazing uh, personality behind her. There was stuff simmering there. So go back and especially those English BBC. um interviews with her which we were just looking at the other day are really quite fun but i you know i i'm sure she i can't imagine she didn't grieve quite a bit when she lost the the vocal capability that she had because you do especially someone who's had an international career like that i can only imagine but you know hey she has repurposed herself and look at the inspiration forever
2: and uh, just to bring this to the modern day uh, i know you're a big you're also a big fan of of bruno mars and he's somebody who really doesn't have much of a voice but he knows how to there's there's not much range there but what great creative fun music he does create and and for someone without a vo- much of a voice at all you really enjoy him.
1: Oh my God! Well, you know me and dance. You know I'm—I've always been a big dance person, and we still dance when we can. <laughs> we do. Um, and I'm telling you, it's just like what, you know, perfection. He's a perfectionist. What with what he has and the band he has, he is obviously in that studio, uh, really thinking about his production all along. I mean, he came from Hawaii. He's got this really unique background, and he's—he uses different flavors of his background in his music and. The tightness, Um, he's got unique, sometimes rather racy lyrics, uh, but he really knows how to put it all together. And it's inspiring, and, and it's all about entertainment for him. And I think we people in the classical world were so serious because we have to be because of the work we're doing in order to pull it off. But you know what? We need to have fun sometimes, and I've danced since I was really young, and so if Bruno can make me dance, I'm there.
2: So, there you go. In this edition of Reconcilable Differences, uh, we gave you some life lessons for today and uh, some reason to smile and dance and sing and laugh.
1: This podcast was made possible by our great sponsors like Easton Roofing, the presenting sponsor of Kansas City Profiles at the Danny Kling Scale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Easton Roofing where integrity matters. We hope you enjoyed the latest Danny Kling Scale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Come back soon for something fresh and new.
0: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At US Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call